Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. We thought we'd be talking Saratoga, but we are talking, well, a little bit of Saratoga. But uh, some other distressing news came down the pike late Sunday afternoon, so we'll talk about that. The sniper will be here, and uh, well, you know the drill. Be back here in just a minute. Hey there, Mr. Spears. What up, Doe? What's happening? Not much. Just trying to get another weekend in here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny that we thought um, we'd probably be doing a lot of talking about Saratoga on this show, but... Uh, not much to talk about, <laughs> especially after yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the ineptness of a certain group in California probably is going to take up <laughs> the bulk of our uh, discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, the news, of course, that. Golden Gate will be shutting down at the end of this calendar year. News that I can't say is surprising. Yeah, it's uh, not surprising at all. But we've just... we've you know privately we've discussed for years. Wow, you know, like how long they were going to keep going on there, um, because it just isn't attract that attracts much attention. And to be frank they've done nothing they've they've done nothing to change that um it isn't as though they made their best effort they made no effort which is kind of what that company does they don't make any real effort other than to have bullshit concerts and tell you about synergies and nonsense <laughs> synergies well, yeah that that's you know every every press release they they write is the same it's the same language, no matter what the topic is. And it's just all bullshit. It's a terrible company, and it's run by a moron who, you know, stabbed her father in the back to get the company. And, you know, rich people get to be rich, but they don't get to be respected. That's something you have to earn. And to me, and this is only my opinion, so take it for that, but I don't blame them for closing Golden Gate. I, I don't. I, I don't think that any operation that continuously loses money and doesn't have a real uh, solid way of, of making it better. I mean, we're, we're in an era with declining horse population, especially in the state of California. It's, it's a hostile state towards racing. Hell, it's a hostile state towards business in general. Um, it's on land that even though I, I know that there have always been rumblings that there's issues with the land itself underneath the land, there was, I don't know, an artillery range or uh, they found aliens or something. Who knows? Really? But, well, it was always said that the reason that that track wasn't liquidated was that there was a lot of issues involved 
that weren't publicized. Um, so, I mean, I'm a racing person, obviously. I would like to see tracks not close. But I understand why they would close it. The problem is the manner in which they did it. The laughable language that they used trying to somehow um, you know, bribe the public into believing that this is a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. Every track right. The, the whole, um, you know, it's going to boost up Santa Anita and, and San Luis Ray, which was weird. Um, doesn't yeah, we're seem gonna feasible. Boost our training center. It doesn't seem feasible because, you know, Golden Gate is a synthetic track. Yes, and a lot of those horses are geared to run on synthetics. I mean, unless all those people want to come to the East Coast, which probably would be more likely than them staying out west to you know to to kind of bolster the the horse population in California so it's kind of a it, it's a little bit misleading that they they throw that in there because the context of what's going on doesn't dictate all those horses going to stay in California well they're certainly not going to go to southern California no th- that's what i mean yeah they what's the point of them going to you know fight the fight down in in Del Mar and Santa Anita when they really don't have to technically, I mean, just ship them out East. What are you going to do? A lot of those horses aren't going to ship anywhere. They're going to go be, be horses. horses Right. (laughs) They're just going to be out there. I mean, when you look at the, the, the makeup of the races there, it's not as though a lot of the horses were there by choice. They were there because, there were cowbreds and they could handle a synthetic track and they just weren't very good because if they were good, they would have been in Southern California already. That doesn't mean that not, you know, 100% of the horses can't, um, you know, go, go South and run, but I mean, it might be 10%. And, you know, as for all this bullshit about, Oh, we're gonna you know facilitate uh, you know the, the the employees. That that's that's ridiculous. Why even say that? That's a lie. Unless you're gonna talk about well, we're gonna give them five hundred bucks to relocate or something. Like it's just you're not. You're closing the track. When people close tracks. They close the tracks. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care. We're not asking them to care just asking them to, to number one like try not to destroy racing quicker if you can't possibly help it because most of the moves they've made in northern california that company has been destructive towards racing in california in order for them to control more to make more money i mean that that's a racing um characteristic now that that we have with everyone proclaiming that they want to be for racing when they're not no one's for racing that owns a racetrack no one none of them none of them would have a racetrack <laughs> if if they didn't um have have a slots parlor attached to it or uh mrs thayer probably she's the only one in tampa bay downs other than that i i don't think anybody would 
would be in racing just to be in racing. Maybe Oaklawn, but Oaklawn is is you know they've got a good thing going there with the slots and they're making tons of money. So I, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but by the same token, if things got difficult and they didn't have slots, I don't know how that would go. They certainly wouldn't have expanded and done everything that they have. Now, that's not to say that that's a that's not a criticism at all. That that's hey, you know what? They right, they're capitalizing on the on the the timing of everything and and, and they've good fortune that <laughs> they've, yeah. they've added to their racing. That you know they haven't just. Um, Know, built yachts but uh i mean we understand it's a business i mean that gets dumped over our head a hundred times but to make an announcement a on a sunday night b without having you know, tethered the horsemen in before and let them know um so this was a, a surprise to to the horseman as yes. it was to everybody else. Absolutely. That's that's not good. <laughs> Especially if they knew it was coming. They knew of course they knew it you was know, coming. This they, is, knew. they didn't decide Saturday, you know what, hey, let's post or Golden Gate. They knew. And that proposal by the city of Berkeley, come on. A it's a city ordinance proposal. Um I know California leads the world in idiotic city ordinances, <laughs> but even that, it, it's not that hard to, number one, the facility doesn't solely, um, isn't located in Berkeley. It's it's located on the line. So there's it's, it's located in two separate towns. Number two, there's no reason to believe that the state rule wouldn't overrule the city rule anyway. And number three, you have a company that, that has vast amounts of funding. They could fight it. I just don't think they wanted to. And I think they wanted to, to just get out. Right. And, that was that was the excuse. Right. We want, but they didn't use it as an excuse, of course. But I'm sure that the animal rights people that were behind proposing it will claim victory, which, again, is another case where they have hurt racing. You hurt racing when you make these surprise announcements. That's not that's not a good thing. That's a terrible thing. It's a disgrace. It really is a disgrace. And I feel bad for the horsemen there. And I feel bad for the employees there. Um of course, you you know, I feel bad for people any people when they're they lose their jobs or they uh, you know, they're gonna have to relocate or or find another line of work or whatever but the way this is done was terrible i mean you're allowing the animal rights people to to claim victory over you they're gonna this was this was a couple weeks after they put that proposed ordinance in into the press they're gonna claim a scalp on this you can't let them do that you you have to do this with finesse but since Belinda took over from Frank, and, and he, listen, Frank was nuts. Frank did a lot of crazy things, but Frank loved racing. Frank built a farm in Kentucky so damn big, they can't sell it <laughs> because he had so many horses. It was such a, a giant facility that it's just so much bigger than anyone else 
you know, could use and, and, and put the amount of money that they would have to put in to, to buy it and, and run it. But I mean, since she took over and remember, let's recall that this wasn't like she wasn't handed the reins. No, definitely not handed the reins. She took She's, them. This was a, this was a, she a, took a, them. This was a backstabbing. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget. This was a person that, that switched political parties when she was a politician. So her word is basically, you know, not exactly uh, ironclad. But the way this was accomplished, um, you know, to think that all these cheap synthetic track horses are going to go to Southern California. And to think that all these trainers from Golden Gate are, are going to suddenly just go to a Arcadian by, you know, two million dollar houses to live <laughs> and the people that work on, on the track they're gonna what, what, what are they gonna do they're gonna give them a job at Santa Anita where are they gonna live a lot of the people who trained at Golden Gate were legacy people whose fathers trained their families were involved in the business for oh, yeah. years and years and years and they had they had homes there that were bought and purchased a long, long, long time ago that they couldn't relocate there at this time because they couldn't afford it. I mean, housing is a, is a major ex- expense. And, and that's one thing that people cheerlead racetracks closing for consolidation. Oh, well, field size. You're an idiot. Just stop saying that. There are virtually no tracks that are totally compatible. The vast majority of horses that race in, 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 in Southern California are not just going to be able to, to go somewhere else because a lot of cases it will cost more to send them there than they're worth. I think that's that's one of the things that get gets really lost in, in these sort of things. Um, because I, I find that <laughs> horse players aren't, very realistic when it comes to the business side of this industry. They just want what they want. And there's, you know, and I, and you do a really good job yourself of pointing out all of the logistics and, and, and the problems there are in doing some of these things or trying to kind of see it through to the end. Um, because some of it, I, I, you know, being a horse player myself, obviously, I I don't know um, all of the the business side of things as far as you know what the tracks would face, what the trainers would face, what the owners would face, you know, um, in a situation like this. And and I think you putting it out there is really good because nobody else is talking about this. They'll just see it on you know as 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 it is on the surface, saying oh. Well, it's it's very bad that you know Golden Gate is closing, but there's no there's nothing past that, and that's why I I think it's really good what you're doing as far as you know getting that information out there because these are the things that I'm learning as as we go. Um, but yeah, there there's definitely like you said, I think the biggest takeaway from what you just said was that that these tracks aren't compatible. Typically, the horses that run at Golden Gate aren't really as closely compatible as they are 
with the ones in Santa Anita for a lot of different reasons. A, the surface is different. Um, B, they're just faster horses at Santa Anita. And it's like, where are these guys going to go now? Santa Anita doesn't even seem like an option for anybody, almost. <laughs> you know, very few, I, I would gather, would go down to, to Santa Anita from this move. And the, the rest would leave problem. or just be retired or, or, you know, or found a home or what have you. But, right. man, or go to Emerald a... or go to. Um, right. They'd be more travel. apt to go to Emerald than they would be to go to to Santa Anita, I would think. One of the giant issues that Southern California racing has is the expense to train a horse there yeah, makes ridiculous. it silly to have cheaper horses you wind up spending as much money taking care of them for a month or two as they're worth so without you know slot driven purses where a ten thousand dollar claimer could run for forty thousand where you would say okay I'll, that makes I'll, sense I'll, yeah that makes sense <laughs> but when they're running for twenty two thousand it doesn't make any sense right. only one horse wins the race so that is the thing is, is this is a, a, a track, a circuit um, that is your closing that's made om- almost entirely up of horses that would be worth less money than the training costs would be. And I'm not talking about the training costs for a year. I'm talking about the training costs for a month or two. Right. Yeah. It, it puts them in a bind like really badly. And that's not even counting the expense it would cost for for people to move and and not everybody is just a vagabond i mean people at a year-round circuit have made roots there they have their wives have jobs their husbands have jobs other than at the racetrack their kids are have been in school there they don't just move around all the time uh, that's why when you close the track that that is a a year-round track it's it's even harder. It's even harder, and I, I just I understand the business side of it. Believe me, I understand. I, I, I you lived it. I mean, <laughs> right? Can't can't I, dispute that because but, you but even went from through the racetrack it. side. I understand that making Bay Meadows or, or that you know when Bay Meadows went away because of Churchill, um that making a year-round circuit there, a viable circuit, became really, really difficult. But no one really tried either. No one really tried. They've, they tried um, a few years ago to, to uh, sabotage the fairs because they wanted to squeeze more money out of the simulcasting operations. Hmm. And that's not a benefit for the for the state of California or for the racing, it's a benefit for the one company. And that that's really as big of a pet peeve of mine as any is that when, again, and this kind of stems back to the fact that we have very little actual third party media that would, you know, squash a lot of these ridiculous ideas and call them out. But is when, when racing organizations uh, or tracks, say they're doing something for the good of racing when that's absolutely not true. It's actually for the good of their their, their bottom line. 
And hey, that's fine, but just don't try to lie to us. Just to be transparent, to say, hey, listen, the track's not making any money, and we're going to work together to try to uh, to ease out of the market as, as easily as we can, and we'll support any other um, you know ventures that that could possibly uh, help the the people that we're displacing. But instead, it's it's a Sunday night uh, press release with no one that no one knew were coming, except for the California Racing Board, which obviously knew it was coming because they sent a press release out right after um, you know, Santa Anita did. So uh, it's it's just um, I think that there's a couple things that just you know needed to be said. It's it's a company that's got Maryland Racing, which is a, a traditional uh, racing spot in disarray. Over a barrel, man. <laughs> Gulfstream is is in in free fall. Um, I mean, I, how do you how do you say anything positive? I mean, there's it's very difficult, and you know, for the people who think racing can have ten tracks, it can't. You can't. You can't have 10 tracks. It's not how it works. Where are the horses going to come from? Who's going to breed horses if there's no market to sell them? Where are the replacements coming from? Where are the people coming from? Why don't people understand that we are completely beholden to politicians now? And the smaller your footprint is, the less politicians give a shit about you, the more money you have to give them. And in a lot of states, there just isn't enough money to, to really to become a, a to, to feel safe. You can't. There's no way. No way anybody can feel safe at this point. You know, if, if Santa Anita gets sold, because believe me, that's coming. Anybody who thinks that a, a land that's worth as much as that's worth is not eligible to be sold. And let's face facts. I mean, and this is something that is a is a truth. Belinda Stronic doesn't like horse racing. If she liked horse racing, she would participate in it. She doesn't. It's it's her father's deal. So to think that someone would feel any allegiance to racing because of the way they they feel, like Jeff Gorell in, in the in the harness game. Jeff likes money way more than he likes racing. He likes racing. He's a racing guy. He breeds horses. He runs horses. But every year he he. he uses Tioga and Vernon and um, you know he's going to shut them down he gets the unions all upset you know just to try to squeeze more out of, out of you know the concessions from the state and I don't know what's going to happen to the Meadowlands and those tracks when uh, when he he finally kicks the bucket and that's the guy that likes racing but the thing is, and this is something that you and I have talked about on this show a lot of times, the people that listen to this show, you care way more about racing 
than the people that run it. Trust me, I know them. Most of them don't really care. They only care because they're making money off of it or they're they're you know collecting a paycheck. The amount of people in leadership positions in horse racing that have a real passion for it is a ridiculously small number. And it's always laughable when people compare sports. In sports leagues, the owners want to make money. There's no question about that. And, you know, as, as shown by the finances and revenues of the four major uh, sports leagues in, in this country, every one of them has succeeded. Right. Michael Jordan bought the, the his chunk of the, the Charlotte Hornets for what, 250 million. And he sold a, a bunk, the, the same chunk. And I think he held on to some of it for like two, two billion, three billion. <laughs> the difference is that they actually want to make money and they, they actually like basketball. Or the I mean, it, it's, you know, once in a while you'll get a. um you you have an Oakland A's owner who's just completely tanked the team to try to move it um, and have, you know, dispute with, ironically, Oakland uh, or, or the uh, the Marlins when, you know, they, they were, as soon as they get a championship level team, they would disband it. <laughs> but 98% of the teams are are trying or they are regrouping to try to make a run at, at winning a championship or, or whatever it is that's the you know the Super Bowl and racing none of the tracks really like racing I mean Churchill Downs has got by far the the, the most valuable racing property right and in, in the Kentucky Derby I mean nothing's yeah. Nothing even remotely comes close to that in popularity and value and this and that. Well, Churchill Downs has closed more tracks than, than <laughs> anybody. <laughs> I mean, we realize that. that Churchill Downs is a publicly traded company that, that exists to make money. Um, but at least we know what their goals are. Yeah, it's just it's just it's unfortunate that you know it's hard to understand the plans or what they really want to do um, because like shutting down Golden Gate, it makes sense, like you said, but at the same time, it's like well what's the contingency for Santa Anita? Like you got to have a plan on top of a plan in order for this to work out for everybody. And that's where you have to question if that's the bigger goal here is, is for, for it to work out and be better than it was before. Doesn't seem like that's the case based on the move and no, kind of real indication as to all right we're just going to close this and that's kind of all you get nothing like oh we're going to do this because we closed down golden gate 
and we're going to do this on top of that in order to make racing better. But you don't get that. You just get the closing and it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's going to help. But there's no, there's no real path to get you to the place where you need to be. And that's what I find the most disheartening about the whole thing about the industry and the shrinkage is that to combat that, I have yet to hear a plan other than what you've told me. And that's just your plan <laughs> or, or a plan or a way. I haven't heard anybody or any entity in this industry make plans to make things better. That's what I find alarming myself personally. 20 years ago, I, I, I said to a bunch of different people in the industry that we desperately need like a summit of some sort. Yes. That there are going to be, um, you know, like the beginning of the Warriors. <laughs> All the gangs come together in Central Park. Yeah. And it never happened. It never will happen. Because, I mean, this is hard to say, but the enemy is from within. We worry about the animal rights people. We don't need to worry about them. We don't need to really worry about them. <laughs> we have plenty of people in this industry that are doing the job for them. I mean, California is an important state, and it's it's completely screwed up. And the difference between the success of the track in San Diego and the tracks north of San Diego is uh, not a mistake. I mean, you got to remember too, Los Al. Los Al's on on. Yeah, they're on their last legs. The guy is not doing well. As soon as he, you know, croaks, that's it for them too. I mean, it's in his will. (laughs) You know, tracks to be closed. So that's another, you know, another, just another, uh, you know, blow to the state. And I mean, no one. Hell, no one that I know has any confidence that anything will ever get fixed there. How can you? I mean, how can you exactly? How can you? And why would you? Right. No, there's no, there's no indication ever at any time that you know the tracks are going to do the right thing or have. I mean, uh, and and you know, again, uh, this is like not fun to say, but it's coming to Maryland. Maryland is dead, man. Anybody thinks the state of Maryland has got so it, it, it's it's just like you know thinking the state of Maryland has this uh, this crew of of uh, track saviors that are going to come in and, and and fix racing by you know rebuilding Pimlico, a track that won't even have enough horses to to, um, to facilitate running three four times a month. It's 
I mean, it's it's a giant disaster there. A giant disaster. And they got a triple crown race. Like Dennis Drazen, who I'm sure doesn't listen to us, but if he was smart, what he would start doing is positioning himself to run the Freakness, or whatever you want to call it, since the, you can't run the Preakness, and, and, and become the replacement for for Pimlico and for the, the Preakness. Because I don't really see a bright future in Maryland. If the tracks can't make money there, and with different leadership, perhaps they could, with a different um, outlook with with the Mid-Atlantic working together. I know that's like a, you know, a word that we're not supposed to use, work together. But it's possible, but no state government is going to fund. I mean, Delmar is great because it makes money. But it's just a, it's a big problem in Maryland. And when everybody looks at each other and scratches their head and, and say, well, man, we can't even think of a, a wild scenario where this can be fixed. Uh, an unlikely scenario. That's, that's a problem. That's a real, real big problem. And that, that's a, you know, that's part of the triple crown, man. That's that's a big, big that's problem. That's huge. I mean, as far as the sport goes, that's big. So, so anyways, enough of that talk. Mm-hmm. As predicted, the weather changed in Saratoga because last year's weather was just too good. I was going to say, it was perfect last year. Like, literally perfect. Yesterday was a a washout. Uh, The second of the washout days of the meet. Um, Let's get them out of the way early. Let's not have this, you know, when B. Spears is on the scene. Yeah, well, it was a little smoky today. Yeah, that's what I heard. Again? What is that? What? what? What's going on? Canada? I don't know, bro. It's the smoke out up there. What are they doing up there? Same barbecue land, is it? Barbecue up there? Barbecue in the forest. Yeah, man. Like, who's setting these fires? They need to. It ain't Smokey. <laughs> Smokey's preventing wildfires, right? That's Only right. you can prevent forest fires. Speaking of Canada, I saw our guy. Oh, Garnsdale. Yeah. yeah. As uh, Ray Catolo said, he calls him Garnsdale. Garnsdale, he was here. <laughs> yeah, he was having a good old time, man. I, I seen all the food he was eating. I was jealous. Yeah, he knows how to have a good time. Good dude, man. Really good dude. Yeah, we got we got our picture. I saw he guys. <laughs> Looking like you guys are gonna beat somebody up. <laughs> uh, 
Well, he had just eaten at Morton's, and I was tired, so we were we were actually. You both were tired, basically, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) basically, for different reasons. I wish (laughs) I should I should have went to Morton's instead of the track that day. Um, but uh, no, it was cool. Our guy pulled a pocket, put us in the 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 world famous blog today. Nice at the Mord. The Ford modeling agency calling us, trying to get us to sign up with them. But I know they called me looking for you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We got to happens. We got to we got to pass the lap for Saratoga. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you get to sign the deal afterwards, huh? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be on the runway, the runway show? I don't know. I, I'm not really a runway <laughs> guy. <laughs> So how about that racing, man? Well, this weekend. Um, I'm don't take this the wrong way, <gasps> but and because I I can see a, a positive. Okay. From what I'm about to say, which might sound negative, but the two-year-old racing, especially the stakes, really resembled fields you would see. At Delaware Park, not Saratoga, the Schuylerville and Stanford. Um, how do we say it? Uh, they were put it this way: <laughs> there weren't a lot of expensive New York-based horses involved. In which was surprising place. to me. That was surprising to me. So, um. I mean, honestly, and this is why I say it could actually be a positive in that if you're a smaller trainer and a smaller owner and you buy a horse or you breed a horse, you raise a horse, and the horse has got some precociousness, it makes all the sense in the world to try to get them to to race early because you don't have to race against a fleet of into mischiefs or gun runners, curlings. And I mean that's I mean they they had big fields. The Skylarville scratched down to, to seven from uh, from eleven, but but still, that's a positive from a racing standpoint. And both were won by long shots. Uh, a twenty-one what was it, twenty-one to one first-time starter from Contessa won the Skylarville, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And the Yo-Yo Ma won the uh, Yo-Yo Ma won the Sanford at, for Angel Castillo. A billion to one, forty-eight to one. Yeah. You know the the Contessa horse. Actually, both horses made a lot of sense, despite what they paid. Um, the Contessa horse, you know, basically was the first time started going against horses that ran once. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. So there, there were there shouldn't have been a, a scenario where that horse was that big of odds. I didn't, I didn't think so, but, um, you know, she won. <laughs> and then uh, Yo Yo Ma, that horse definitely figured because you know, got yeah, a little. He, lucky. he only figured if he got lucky if you knew that. The Asmussen horse was going to take a header at the start. 
Yeah, but he, he, even he on paper, he didn't look that time. bad. He didn't look bad enough. I mean, he, he turned the tables on the horse that beat him. And, you know, that – what was the name of the horse, the nine, that didn't fire at all? Or didn't he fired, but he just didn't win. <laughs> oh, uh, the Asmussen horse? Yeah. Um, you're because they, to, you're getting to be like me with the names. Uh, Gold I know. Sweep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the same race, and that horse, you know, beat them by nine lengths. And then they turned the table yesterday. But Saturday. Saturday. On Saturday, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, turned the tables on Saturday, and, you know, just thinking about that in, in itself didn't dictate that that horse should have been 48 to one. It's not like that horse ran bad. Um, Just got beat by the better horse and probably would have got beat again for a bad start. He he probably should have been 20 to one. Right. Closer down, you know, at least half of what he was. You look at the field, right? You got the horses came from Presque Isle, Parks, Gulfstream, Ellis. Um, uh, There was a Belmont winner, Woodbine, another from Gulfstream. And gold sweep. So right. it, it and he, and he like, ran a good race. His yeah. race wasn't that bad, even though he, he lost to the to gold sweep um by nine lengths. But man, I mean, you know, like you just rattled off the names. Like he's probably better than most of the horses in the race. Yeah, he did get overlooked. Um, like I said, it's you know, beating gold sweep, you, you have to have a bad stumble. And I tell you what, that horse ran a hell of a race. <laughs> the he ran in good, defeat. yeah. He in defeat. In a, he was in a drive from basically three jumps out of the, the I game. I was going to say, as soon as he broke bad. Well, there, just... Keys had to, had to send him just to get close again. And then he was wide, really wide. And even in the stretch, he, he, he brushed a couple times with yeah. uh, a couple horses. So it's, um, you know, he ran good, but, uh, to me, he, he looks like a horse who's just a early precocious horse who matured quick and, you know, maybe he'll be a decent sprinter. But uh, I, I don't foresee him being some star horse. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I thought Angel Castillo did a really good job um, getting his horse into the really perfect position and then not moving too early because the pace was super fast and, uh, you know, just held on. Yeah, he eased him out nice and 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 kind of just took over. He he didn't really like run down the horse on the lead. Yeah, kind of just took over. He's he was still running in the and that horse was backing up, and he ended up holding on because Gold Sweep had to go a billion wide and brushed a couple of horses and you know. But that's that's why we play the game, you know, yeah. for for things just like that. That's true. Uh, I mean, the day started out on Saturday with Pirate. The easiest winner. The the, the rarely seen two to five first timer. <laughs> uh, that one for fun. Then again, though, you know, it's a, it's a six horse field. New York, uh, excuse me, uh, Saratoga Maiden Special for two year olds in the six horse field. And, and, and one of them was Rafael Romero. Hmm. So, I mean,. I don't know where these guys' horses. I don't know. Where, I don't know what they do with them. They have two hundred horses and they don't run them. I don't know what, what happens to them. 
Well, that's, uh, I mean, Greg Cox does the same thing. I mean, it's it's like he even at the sits top, on them forever, and I mean, no, I'm not going to second guess here, but I'm going to second guess a little. And that, like, you got Archangel who's working up a storm, and and he's she's not running him. Like, like literally working up. Like a storm. Mage is working up. Better, never been better, but they're not running him, and and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like what? Like what are, are you waiting for? Guys, waiting for. Right. What are they waiting for? That's what they strike do. while the iron's hot. Right. Run the horse. It's horse racing. Rack up winds. Not horse watching. <laughs> It's just so hard to keep a horse good for so long, and and things happen. And it's like, man, I get that those outfits don't get they don't participate in these races every year, and it's not like every year, virtually, the Todd Pletchers, the Chad Browns, and the Steve Asmussens, and all those guys every year have horses in these races, so. Like and they have a whole army of them, and, and if one goes down, then they have another one. Blah blah blah. But man, when your horses are doing good, run them because they don't always continue to do good. Look at right. Epicenter I was going to say that, Look at that Epicenter window has last to be year small. after the Jim Dandy. <laughs> look where his fortunes. Look, look what happened. Look at two fills. Look at Jackie's Warrior. You don't know when your horse is going to tail off. You don't know when your horse is going to get uh, get hurt. So if they're doing well, put them in a race. I'm with you. I, I, I wish they would just run them. <laughs> just run them. If they're doing really well, then run them. If they're not doing really well, Understand them. Hey, of course, no one's saying run horse that, that that's not training well just to run them. But man, those horses are working up as good as you can work, and they're not racing. There's a million dollar race and a five hundred thousand dollar race. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild to think about. It's like you put it that way, and it's like, well, what are you waiting for? Speaking of which, Fort's going to uh, the Haskell, huh? No. No? No. Tap it twice. Forte is going to run in the gym. Day. I thought I saw the audible. They were, they were switching. They, did it today? Uh, I believe it was on Saturday I saw it. No, I don't think so. I thought Tap it twice is going. I'm pretty sure Fort is going too. No. Oh, he's going to Jim Dandy. Yeah. He made that decision. Yeah, Tappet Trice is going into the the, the Haskell. And uh, Kings Barnes is going to the sidelines. <laughs> you remember before the Derby when I, I compared um, Kings Barnes to the horse that had the close to identical record? Yes, I do. I recall that. It's happening, man. I know. (laughs) 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 I wish there was some kind of future book on, like, horses' careers. But 
it's it's happening. It's 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 eerie how how it's how much uncanny how how spot on that is. The, their careers arcs are exactly alike. They started off. There were there were their sales careers are alike. Everything is it, it's bizarre. Um. <laughs> yeah, Kings Barnes. We we hardly knew you. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, the little... We had a big upset on... That's the funny thing about the Sanford was that... Is that considered a bigger upset than an Italian getting beat? I don't think so. I mean, in Italian, if you had told me before the race that she'd have an uncontested lead in 48 to the half... And, and lose... And, and lose what I, I said, that no, was, no way. That was, and you could see it on the turn because I read kept looking. Yeah, because she didn't, she didn't separate herself, and and when she didn't get away from from White Beam, yeah. I was like, uh oh. He, he kept looking over, not not like right. The yeah, I, looked like he looked over <laughs> his right shoulder, and I was like, yeah, he knows he's in trouble. Yeah, like, hey, she's still there. And that was, um, yeah, that, that was, it was a little weird because it was ironic and a little eerie that last year an Italian was the big upsetter of the heavily favored Remember, uh, last year going into the Diana mm-hmm. uh, Bleecker street was Bleaker undefeated street seven was for undefeated. seven. Yes. And I honestly thought that, that last year, because Brown had four out of the six, there wasn't quite as much angst about it because of Bleecker Street being in the race, and I really think that her um, her presence kind of uh, kept some of the the hand wringing down because people were like, "Oh man, we got to see this horse." Because everybody's you know everybody wants to see a great horse, even now, even in, in racing as watered down as it is, people still want to see a great horse. Oh, absolutely, and and, and, they, and you know often they'll 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 make great non-great horses into great horses because they want to see a great one but but uh i mean it was the same scenario where the big favorite got beat um and this year in italian was the big favorite she played the the bleaker street role and and she just got beat i mean there was no other reason there's no excuse i mean right she just got beat straight up on the square barely still lost yeah that that was a big surprise i mean i I really thought that i mean italian had not really run a bad race matter of fact she had run great every single race since yeah this is the first time I, i i didn't see her kind of put separation at the top of the stretch and when when she didn't kind of spurt away um, you know, it, it kind of like you said, it, it looked like White Beam was just, just slowly coming and coming and coming and got there, just right at the last jump. It's a good race. It was, it was, it was a good race to watch. Um, you know, obviously it was difficult to bet. It's hard to to decipher when you know. 
a trainer has more than half the field, what you do, you know, especially in that race, because, you you know, in Italian on paper had such a huge advantage (laughs) speed wise. Yeah. You know, even, even after the fact, it wasn't as though, um, it wasn't as though any of the other horses of the four bothered her. I mean, no, I mean, she race. really had her her own way until, you know, White Beam kind of loomed up and just kept coming. But other than that, the, the race appeared or ran or it was run just like it kind of looked like on paper. Yeah, I mean that's that's really how it was. I mean it was it went exactly as we thought it would go, except <laughs> except the, the end. Italian <laughs> didn't draw off. She she got run down. You know, so I don't well, know. I don't know what I don't know what happens from here with that that crew. It makes it it makes it um it makes it hard to figure, right? Because. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it definitely puts, uh, you know, some some luster takes some luster away from in Italian. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, because people were thinking that horse wasn't going to get beat, like for the rest of the year. No, I I didn't think that she. I thought she would win this race, and then she'd probably run her at Keeneland and right run one run two, her in two other times. Yeah, right. and then that's that. I mean, you could have, to me, you could have make a, a real good case last year that, that she she should have been uh, Eclipse Award winning Philly. Um, you know, with the, the really, really good second uh, in the Phillies Mare's turf last year to Aiden O'Brien's horse. They gave it to Regal Glory, um, who, you know, bombed in the Breeders' Cup in the mile. But, uh, very much so. No, but it was surprising. I was that was a real, real surprise to me. Uh, we didn't talk about this at all, so I want to. I really want to get your feelings about it. Was what about the um, the Kelso, the new Kelso, which is actually the new Kelso is the old Kelso. The Kelso started <laughs> the new, as a mile the new Kelso. Race the new Kelso was moved to to the dirt, and now they changed the Kelso to the 49er, which is a dirt race at Belmont, but Belmont's not going to run for like three more years. Um, and the Kelso is now what, uh, Oh, what was the races last? What was, uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The new Kelso. What, what, what do you think of, um, Casa Creed versus, uh, Annapolis? I have an opinion on it. I want to hear your 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 um. Um, you know, I I haven't been really that big of a fan <laughs> of Annapolis, and it's wild because the horse has won like six out of ten. Um, but Casa Creed is just like an old class horse that. You know, just picks up his race and runs it, <laughs> especially at Saratoga. But 
in general, it's, it's, it's tough to beat horses like Casa Creed because they're always on their game. They're always tough as nails. And to me, a horse like Casa Creed has more heart than a horse like Annapolis. And I think that may be the difference between the two of them, like career-wise, too. I mean, if you look at Annapolis's races, like even last year, like the Sarnak and the Turf Mile at at, uh, at Keeneland, those races were like really, really, really set up for that horse to win. And most of most of his wins are like that. And Casa Creed gets in the fights and he runs down people. He goes different distances. He's just a tougher horse to me. I think Sias really won the race going into the first turn. Yes. He didn't, that was... let him, he didn't let him lag. And he got ahead of, of an right. He kind of got at him. And, and kept and... him down inside. And straightening out down the backside, they were basically you know, side by side. Um, but because Louis was on the outside and generally on the turf, you want to be on the inside. But in this particular case, Louis got the jump going into the, the far turn and Casa Creed, you know, he's got that big late kick and Annapolis, I read had to kind of um, idle for a little bit in order to work his way outside. So he wound up getting the worst of it in that, he lost momentum, or, or I should say, didn't pick up momentum, and then was immediately forced to, to go super wide. Right, and try and to hustle. You're just not going to run down Castle Creed in a stretch. I mean, that's not a horse you're going to catch. He's you. If you're going to beat him, you've got to get far enough ahead. you got to get him. ahead of him, right? yeah. Because he's going to outkick you most of the time. And and I thought that uh, – I thought Annapolis ran pretty good considering. I don't, I don't think it was uh, – he kind of got a little bit shuffled coming out of the gate, but um, but he had his, you know, he had there he was had a big the... scratch in the race too, and that was uh, David Jacobson's horse. Oh, midday image. Yeah, because if he's in there, then they're speed probably, is different. They're probably right. going head and head instead of um, the one horse getting to the lead. I mean, you knew that it's Naira, and they're just like it's against the rules to have a, <laughs> to go fast. Two horses go head and head, but. Um, but he, him coming out of the race took it from three speed horses to two speed horses, so that that might have, have changed things a little bit too. But I thought Sias did a really good job in being aggressive and and not just you know lagging and, and making that one late run and and uh, you know I think that made the difference. Yeah, so, you know I I say that all the time. You know sometimes being that aggressive can can definitely win you races because. You know, how many times have we seen it where just the whole field just falls asleep at the wheel? Somebody gets, you know, uh, every mile and right, every turf race in New York uh, uh, over a mile and an eighth. Yeah, they they just loan speed and and that one wins. And if you don't get your horse in position early, you're screwed. I mean, you get put back into a mid pack position, and there's nothing to close into. Right. And I don't necessarily think that Irad rode bad. I, I just think that Louis rode good. 
and and well that one move like you, you said know, it made the difference i mean that was really the difference between casa creed winning and losing i mean that's one of the times one of the very few times where you can say that the ride made the difference yeah i i really believe it i, I do believe the ride made the difference i'm with you and, and um you know people want to blame jockeys for a lot of the, and they want to uh, say well he, they didn't do this they didn't do that and sometimes they're just it's not the jockeys there's nothing it can do the jockey if, if a, like a horse rears at the gate what can the jockey do right there's nothing you know it's not that's <laughs> not their doing but um but yesterday's card was i honestly i thought that one of the races might have been um a race with some historical precedent or, or lack of precedence in that which race was it? oh the third race yesterday the one with three horses yeah the third race that sunset louise won mm-hmm. that may have been the least competitive race in saratoga history <laughs> i mean that was I don't get it, man. It's one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars. The purse right. I'm trying to get in there. <laughs> I want to be the fourth horse. Me, myself, me. personally. Right? I'd run. I mean, we can't even get guys to run in races where they have to scalp around there. Though uh, someone did say, "Yeah, if you get beat X amount of lengths, they put you on the vets list. Then you got to go through all the, you know, the idiocy." bullshit vet stuff so that's true so that that's that's another anti-racing um regulation that serves no real good purpose except right because it's a deterrent (laughs) right to make field size smaller but um no it was a pretty you know disappointing weekend but Mostly because of the weather, and that's just the way it is. I mean, weather is weather, and yeah, too, the Delmar too people, you know what, concede that point to you. You got that. <laughs> I mean, two of the four cards were playable. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't they weren't unplayable. It just was there just wasn't much to bet on. I, I mean, my big bet was on a two to one shot. You know, so no complaints. They got the big race at the, the, the harness track next week, the Garrity. Oh, yeah. They drew it already. It's kind of a field full of hard knockers. The, the Saratoga Casino even put a tweet out about it. Nice. <laughs> the few, they put on their, their big marketing push. They tweeted it. Last year, they did not. It needs a tweet out. That barbecue. Let's go. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah, it was it was actually, you know, a little refreshing that it was a little bit like, you know, low key this weekend. Yeah. You know, nothing crazy happened, no well, I guess the Bryson butterfly thing was kinda nuts, but um besides that. Everything else was pretty on par. Like 
Beside you know, the 18-year-old Native American apprentice jockey murdering people? Yeah, man. That's wild, bro. Yeah. I didn't have... I didn't have that on my, my bingo uh, card. No, no. Did not. If it was going to be Mid-Atlantic murders, I'd have guessed Phil Schoenthal. <laughs> <laughs> He'd finally just snap and like, kill like 12 people. He's too nice for that. <laughs> no, seriously. That was that was a wild story. Talk yeah, that was, a, that was insane. Though, you know... Let's. Who knows what really happened? We gotta wait and let's see. Oh shit! He's we, in did, we, we didn't. We didn't get many details. So no. Saw somebody, tr- uh, you know, say that it was just a ploy to try to get him to rat out the real shooter. But I guess might yeah. be. Yeah. You never know. Oh, they did find a serial killer. Yeah, I saw. I remember that 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 whole thing when that was going down. I was I was I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, "Yo, you don't remember when when like that was going crazy over in Long Island?" And they were like, "Oh, we can't find the guy," and the and bodies were just kind of like out there in the woods or in the. I distinctly remember that. But it that's that's got to be a hard case to try. I don't know, man. All, all I know is the guy had three hundred guns in his house. <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, that's guilty already. It's three hundred. What do you need three hundred guns for, bro? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, he was ready to fight it out, I guess. I don't even use the one I have. <laughs> Meadowlands Pace Night. A lot of, lot of upsets. Confederate. Confederate looked good. Surprised there's no one mad at his name. <laughs> Not this week. They had other yeah. things. They, yeah. There was Saratoga on the brain. So When he gets, when he gets beaten like the little brown jug now. Oh yeah, we didn't like his name anyway. Yeah, I got to rename him. Was there a 41, 40, 41 to one shot that won too? All I know at the medal on Saturday night is I had zero victories. Not one. Not I one? didn't even bet the Chalksters, and and they were going down. Bond. Bond went down. Jiggy Jog. Jiggy Jog was almost in Italian like. Yeah. Loss. Looked home free then. Oh, uh oh. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our guy Gabe had some problems getting back to Kentucky. Yeah, I saw that. I think he, I think he just got back. That's wild. He he has like the worst luck, man. Yeah. I told you I met Paul Verderosa the other day. Is that his name? Yes, he told me that yesterday. Yeah. I saw him at the harness track. That's cool, man. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. You gotta like people that that hang out randomly at the harness track. Gotta, including Flavian Pratt. So yeah, including yeah, Pratt. Pratt will hang out at the harness track. He's gonna be in the match race. When is that? Twenty second of August. Twenty second of August. Ooh, yes, sir. I think why I, I should I I said it like I know. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you so. I think it's it sticks in my head as the twenty second of August. I, I, 
that might not exactly be right, but your first instinct is the best one. So yeah. we'll go with that until somebody corrects us. If anyone out there wants to sponsor, be a sponsor. Mary McDermott, daughter of Kevin McDermott, harness trainer extraordinaire, who won the open today at uh, I saw that Plain Ridge at two to five. I think your guy of, can in front of a, a large throng of twelve, including maybe Bucky Swope. I think your guy Ken tweeted that out. Yeah, Ken has Ken has got it going on. Ken last night He's on fire, right? This is how much he, this is this is all on fire the guy is. He bets Wally out of the eight hole at thirty eight to one. Going down the first half, he's last. All right, so how many 38 to 1 shots that are last at the half mile at Saratoga Harness have have ever like done anything? Probably like two. Down the backside coming, you know, the the, the second time. Wally goes three wide on the backside at 38 to 1. Stays three wide the whole turn. F- charges down the lane, finishes second. Some 19 to 1 shot one. Our guy he cashes. It was like twenty two dollars the place, and and like eighteen the show. <laughs> he makes the craziest bet in the world, and it actually the horse is at no shot, and and he, and he still cash. He was telling me the day before at Vernon he had a superfecta where they paid all all for the last two. Oh man! But there was only like four tickets. <laughs> Vernon's purses are uh, handle the pools that Vernon aren't real real strong, but uh, no, this is like ten bucks in that pool. I was a Vernon once. They still had that big on purpose. Thing. They had that long ass weird shoot. But that was a long, long, long time ago, like remember, in the eighties. I remember when uh, <laughs> Colonial used to run harness, and they used yeah. to come out of the shoot. Yeah. Like the Belmont Park one-turn dirt races. Yeah. I used to like Colonial Harness, actually. I used to catch well, big tickets. I guess tickets. we got to talk about it. <laughs> oh, in, man. In that, was, that was such a fail. In the most predictable fail of the year, moving Colonial to the weekends. You wouldn't even think they were running... Completely yeah, destroyed. Nobody knew their they handle. were running. No, I, I, you're right. And now you know we want Beamy. Beamy missed the first weekend. So under the weather, hopefully he'll be back because that's our guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember Marcus Hirsch posted the minutes from the Virginia Racing Commission meeting and a couple of the commissioners on the Racing Commission were adamant that they needed to race on weekends so that families and fans could go to the races. And the person from Colonial at the time, I don't recall who it is, kind of said, hey, well, Barry got kicked out, so we had to pause to get him back on. Yeah. I get kicked out often. Um, 
technical issues persist. Uh, my engineering skills suck. suck. Uh, but talking about Colonial, uh, you know, the handle bombed because on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, they were the major signal. They, they were it. They were, I think DeRosa put out uh, the numbers the other day that they had a 25% market share on Mondays uh, last year. That's 25% of the money bet was bet on that one track. It's. Why would you fumble that bag? I don't know. I I don't know who to. I don't know who to to really blame. I mean, the Grace Commission was pretty adamant that they wanted them to run. And I guess Churchill might have been able to fight them. But, you know, they're new there and they might want to be getting more slot machines and maybe decided not to pick a fight first. uh, first go around and, and let the numbers be what they are and and then readjust for the second year. I'm hoping that that's how what happens because that's a little crazy because you know how and, and that's just conjecture. I didn't talk to anybody. I don't know anything. It's just <laughs> conjecture on my point because we had the minutes of the commission meeting where they were definitely in like 1985 mode. Hey, we got to run on the weekend so the families can come. Yeah, it's wild because it just doesn't make any sense considering, you know, the history of of what Churchill does. You know, the bottom line is is the utmost important thing. And they just kind of gave that one away this year. I I wouldn't, I mean, I thought maybe they could run Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That would work. And then run the Arlington Million and the Virginia Derby on a, on a Sunday. That um, would actually work really well. I think the Virginia Derby is is post Saratoga because Arlington is the, the Arlington Million at Colonial, which is still kind of a weird dynamic. Is in I think the second week of of August. Not sure. Yeah, but uh, you know that way you, you would satisfy the, the having one day on the weekend, and you you would get a little bit less overshadowed on a Sunday than you would on a Saturday, and you would still have Monday and Tuesday to actually um, right to make up for it, or make up what? for it, right. Or just go back to the Monday through Wednesday schedule and run the Arlington Million Day and, and run uh, Virginia Derby Day on Saturday that week. That's all. I mean, it's not that difficult. No, it isn't that difficult. You know, what's good for Virginia racing is Colonial doing well, not people visiting and having a petting zoo. I don't want that. But that's one of the things that people, that, that non-racing people forget, that the NFL doesn't have to have talk with the, the New York State Football Commission to, uh, you know, schedule its games. They just schedule their games. <laughs> they talk to the TV network and they figure it out. They don't have any government bodies they have to get approval from. And that's a huge barrier. For huge. Like, it, like people don't understand how big of a hurdle that is. <laughs> oh. 
imagine that. Like, you know, the Dolphins are like, yeah, we got to talk to the state here so we can do stuff. Yeah, we want to play a Monday night game, but no, the state said no. <laughs> it's like when you're a kid, you know, when you're like little and you ask, your, you know, if your friend can come over, you ask your parents and they're like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah, your plans are out the door because, because you didn't do your homework and you got grounded. That sounds sounds like from personal experience. Well, Is that what happened? See, I always did my homework. I usually did my homework like at the last second. <laughs> I wrote an entire two month condition book when I was at the University of Arizona one night starting at four o'clock in the morning. Like just cause? Or was it for a class? No, for a class. Oh. And I you say whole I, you say whole condition book? Head. Yeah. Like Back like when we January were raising... through no, December? no, it was, it was like a two month condition book. Oh, not that that's makes it any better, but yeah. <laughs> did you get an A? I don't remember, but I did good in the racetrack classes. If it was if it was just racetrack classes, I'd have been a road. Oh, scholar. you'd be you'd be a, you'd be uh. Those other pesky real classes. like Einstein. Those, those 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 pesky real classes you used to. <laughs> Dang it, math! <laughs> the ones you actually had to study for and stuff. Dang it, English! <laughs> English was okay. I was always alright English, like chemistry. I guess that's why I didn't train the twenty-seven percent. I wasn't good at chemistry. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So Delmar opens this week. That should be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks first racing for for uh, killing Delmar's opening, you jerks. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it was kind of a buzzkill when I got that news earlier. Golden Gate was one of those tracks that, you know. Golden Gate and Hollywood were like the two tracks that I distinctly remember um, when kind of the the simulcasting kind of opened up everything. You know, I knew those tracks existed, but at the time, like in, you know, 1990, you know, you weren't getting full simulcast at that point. And you weren't seeing races from there. But when they started opening it up, especially at Rockingham, when they used to do it at night, they had Hollywood at night and they used to run Bay Meadows, you know, at the same time. And then... Uh, you know, when they were at Golden Gate, you got to see those races that you never really got to see before get familiar with the a lot of the the racing people the the trainers jockeys things like that but man that was like one of my fondest memories because i i like california racing because it wasn't something i saw a lot 
And I was like, oh, cool. You know, I get to bet races over in California. And Hollywood and, and Golden Gate were the ones I remember the most. And now they're both gone. Or, well, one's gone and one's about to be gone. Yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. There's no, there's nothing good that can come from, from closing racetracks as far as this industry goes. It's, it's just not good in any sense of the word. No. No, people that, that think it's good are stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, it's not a debatable topic. It's, it's a stupid topic. We have, we have 30 years of data. Tracks, there was a lot of tracks open 30 years ago. It was way more racing. How, how are things going? How's this consolidation move gone? It's, it's just stupid, man. It's just, it's just stupid. There is an entire machine that has to run in order. You're, the, the racing itself, the races are, are the last step of that. If you don't have the infrastructure, if you don't have the farms to produce the horses, if you don't have the market to give incentive for people to have farms to produce the horses, then how do you get the horses? Where do they magically come from? How many days a week do you think we're racing if the full crop's at 5,000? <laughs> It's just, it's just death. It's creeping death. And it's a simple concept. I mean, it's not even difficult. It's not even hard to understand. It shouldn't be. You cannot contract yourself to health. And like I said, man, I don't want to go back into it, but these tracks aren't doing these things for racing. They're doing these things for whatever agendas it is that they have. That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> it's, it's not. To what be... is their agenda? What are they trying to do? I think we know. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, it. we. I think we know. I mean, the writing's kind of on the wall, but. Shit, man. It, it's just. It's just not good. I forgot to play the Powerball, and I think I would have hit. What? You hit? I would have. I forgot too. So I think I think I would have. I think you would have too. Boy, I'd be I'd be dangerous as a really rich guy. Yeah. Why is that? I I would just be dangerous. I don't think anybody would ever know if I had, like, if I hit the Powerball or anything. Oh, I know people would know. I wouldn't say shit. They wouldn't. They would know because they would have a big guy named Luther be knocking on their door, <laughs> breaking their hands. <laughs> Yeah, but there's not that many of those people out there, is there? There's at least 12. 
that's that's real specific number. Yeah. So you thought about this before, I see. Well, ever since the serial killer got killed, I said I got to start planning this thing out. <laughs> Plus, I, I have lawyers. I would have lawyer upon lawyer on retainer. Oh, man. I'd, I'd have, have the OJ Dream Team, like, reincarnated. I'd have to get, like, I'd have to get somebody to be like. I'd have to get the lawyer to be my driver. Who's who's like the Johnny Cochran of, of nowadays? Whoever that is, I, I would hire them. I don't know. I mean, I would really go off a lot more and like be completely ridiculous. Ridiculous if if <laughs> if, if I had legal representation. <laughs> I didn't if I could afford to 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 get sued by twenty seven people at once. But um, yeah, if you think I don't bite my tongue now, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would buy giant billboards. I would have like blimps going around people's homes. Jeter, you show up at Jeter's house? No, Jeter quit, so I'm I'm all right with Jeter. But Tibbs, my bad. Tibbs, Tibbs would. Is, uh, would, is he is is he one of the twelve? He's actually number three and number nine. <laughs> He's on there twice. Yeah, we'd get him coming and going. Because you know how stubborn he is. He, he wouldn't learn his lesson the first time. That's true. That's true. Somebody put the other day a picture of him up and said, Dibs is the only guy going back to his... He's the only, only guy in Vegas going back to his hotel room and breaking down Summer League film. <laughs> uh, trying probably, to figure out how he could get Todd Gibson it, to it's, play. It's, it's probably true. It's probably true. <laughs> That's definitely true. Absolutely no question about it. Yeah, uh, you know, like we were talking about the other day, Delmar is, is opening and, like, no one's even talking about it, man. Like, that's that's what that's what first racing does for you, racing. They take the positive parts of the industry and the game and they, they cover it with their dreck and bad news. Yeah, Delmar. I don't even know who's running at Delmar. Have they even drawn yet? I don't, I don't even. No, know. they have not. They have an excellent racing secretary. David Jerkins is extremely good. And I don't say that as a as a homer. David is is the proof is in his work. I think I think that you saying that has boosted him onto my timeline because I saw a couple of tweets and I'd never seen him before on Twitter. David Jerkins or Tibbs. Definitely not Tom Thibodeau. We drop kick Tibbs. But Jerkins, yes, have not. Uh, finally saw him today. Should probably just give him a follow and just call it a day. I saw a picture of Tony Callow today. I know, for the first time. I never seen him before. He, he looks exactly like his voice would think he would look. You think so? Yeah, I, w- I was trying to figure out if that was the case or not. Yeah, I think so. I think he's like a guy that you would see in, in an Italian restaurant eating pasta. That wasn't the first stories. impression I got, but I can see I can see how that's possible. Yeah. 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 This weekend at the well, the Curlin Stakes, which I still have no idea why it exists. 
because all it ever does is seem to detract from the Jim Dandy. It's got uh, five. And? Well. What five, sir? Just five. Some horse named Scotland, who makes me think of... Uh, Scotland Yard and Sherlock no. Holmes? What's his name? Bond. The old, the original Bond. Yeah. Sean, Sean Connery. Connery? Yeah, yeah, Scotland. <laughs> um, and what's his name? The horse was second in the Preakness. Blazing eights. Blazing. <laughs> Blazing old, six and a half. Old Blazers. Uh, Blazing, Mir- I need to stay straight in order to win. Il Miracolo. What? Yeah, he's back in. He's running a mistake again. What? Why? Um, well, <laughs> hey, gotta give him credit for running. Yeah, he is in there. Um, Lost Ark is in there, and uh, Perform comes out of the, the Preakness. Not too bad, considering it's a real key thing. race. The Preakness this year. Mm. It's um, yeah. I don't know why the curling even exists. It does not do its job. Uh, next week, we should have a pretty good idea of... Well, we'll have the, the fields for... Uh, well, no. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Haskell. <laughs> the Haskell. <laughs> the Haskell. Eddie Haskell. It's such a Haskell. <laughs> Quit haskling me, sir, ma'am, anyone. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't have anything interesting to say. Didn't you kind of, kind of give out uh, the Contessa horse on the space? Last Wednesday? Well, I said that it wasn't a great field and and you couldn't discount her completely. I think. Oh, yeah. We're going to be on Spaces on uh, Twitter Spaces on Wednesday. Wednesday at noon again. 7-19, 12 p.m. Be there. Be 12 square. 12 p.m. On Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, join just so you can listen to the Spaces. Right. And 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 um, jump in, ask questions, request to talk. Yeah. Or if you have a statement, or if you want to call me a name, or if you want to hire me and Barnsdale as models. That's the thing. Just jump in and let us know. Yeah, you can hear uh, Ken Show give a uh, $22, 22 to one shot. It was it was not the my strongest push ever, that's for sure. No, but it wasn't <clears throat> you 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 stopped. That's why I remember because you kind of stopped and, and specifically mentioned that. That's why it kind of stuck out in my head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll be on every every Wednesday at noon. Yep. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the cards. 
we got the silks race of the week, which is a maiden special weight on the Wednesday's card. Yeah. yeah. It's actually one of those um, restricted maiden specials for horses that were bought for, what's it, 45000 40. Yep, 40, 45. Less, yeah. So, handicap that race. We'll get uh, the sniper's the sniper's view, and uh, we'll have our guy there, Ben. 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 Ben from Silks. Squid. Ben from Silks is actually coming to. Uh... Oh yeah! By the way, Walter Rodriguez. I know you don't listen because you're an apprentice jockey, but uh, if you don't start saving ground on the turf. You're going to wind up riding at places like Thistledowns, and so find the rail, my friend. Find the rail. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five wide the whole way isn't isn't the thing to do. Yes, yes. In races that have more than one turn, you must save ground in one of them. Trust me, the way you're riding, you're not going to be able to ride horses that can go three or four wide both turns and win. Save well, maybe ground. He, he'll get a mount by the time I'm up there, and we could both address this to him together. Oh, he's not. He's at Ellis Park, where he should stay, but he's going to be at Fairmont Park unless he starts to learn to save ground on the, on the turf course. That's all I got to say. I'll take your word for it. Yes. All right. Uh, you're you're making plans, right? You're gonna you're you're coming to the spa. Yeah, yeah. 10th through the 14th. The 10th through the 14th, August 10th through 14th. The sniper will be here. And uh, the... Uh... I won't have to answer the question that I get asked about 12 times every day at Saratoga. <laughs> hey, where's the sniper? The no swag, unfortunately, is on its way. Sniper it swag. It didn't get there yet because it's coming from China, and I did not know that. It's coming from China, directly? Yes. So you're gonna to have to be the uh, the the product inspector. You know, you know how you get like clothes or something that says inspected by inspected yeah. by inspector fifteen. Yeah, that's yeah. you. You're inspector fifteen. That's better than inspector Clouseau. <laughs> yeah, that guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I hope but yeah, you're gonna to... have to make sure they're good quality. So if they are, then I'm just gonna order a whole bunch more in different colors. If not. Well, I have another place on standby ready to make some. That's not in China? That's not in China. Yeah. Well. We'll see what these look like. We'll see. We'll see what the Chinese swag looks like. Yeah, they have the, the delivery window of like Thursday this week. So we'll see. You know, I, I want to tell you that you just triggered me because you said Chinese and then you said delivery and, and now hungry. I'm like thinking See, I could go for a Rangoon or two about now I'm so hungry right now bear ribs damn it oh, well alright sounds good <laughs> I'm, so, I'm super hungry I need to I need to go on a, like a, a, a Hunger strike. Not eat for like a week. Come on, bro. I don't want to do that. Not not when there's like dairy house. Tomorrow night, uh, we got uh, we got to go to trivia night at the museum. Oh, pops! 
Yeah, yeah, it's my dad's big He's night. He's gonna of the defend year. the title. Yeah, yeah. The, we were fifth out of seven last year, so <laughs> He's got me recruiting people to go. I'm like, Dad, I don't think they know anything about trivia, man. Get Brian Beer to go. <sighs> Brian Beer, we can't even find him. <laughs> Daratoga opens up and the guy goes to South Carolina. Like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Come on, man. It's a bad sign for racing when Brian Beard defects. Just opening. takes off. It's unheard of. Yeah. But he claims he'll be back this week. Back in action. The rain mm-hmm. looks a little bit like uh, we're going to get a visit. A visit, like, either on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? Um, it looks like Friday. Friday looks like a, a rain visit. I do want to say uh, it's currently quarter to 11 on Monday night. And the air quality uh, reading is at 155. Yeah, I heard somebody, I saw somebody say that the air quality is, is in the unhealthy zone right now and should stay that way for about 24 hours. Yeah. So I guess I got to put off my... Uh, you gotta wear a mask again? Jeez. I gotta, no, I'm not masking. I'm, doing I'm, bad up there. I'm breathing it in. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I guess I'll, I'll just put off my, my jogging regimen until next week. Well, golf carts only. Oh, I got us a golf cart, by the way. Remember I told you that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's clutch. Yep. I know where the hidden key is and everything. We don't even oh, have to man. we don't even have to steal this one. But there are people stealing golf carts. This is the like the biggest news of the week. <laughs> They're trying to frame you. There's been six golf carts stolen from the backside of Saratoga. Like year. completely gone or yeah, just yeah. relocated? Yeah. Not just joyriding. No, completely gone. Where are they going to bring it? How are they going to do that? What, like, how? What are they stealing this with? I don't know. If I knew, I, I would. And how did nobody see this? Like, obviously they had a truck of some sort, right? Unless they just drove it off. <laughs> What are you going to do with it if you don't have a charger? I don't know. Um, Come on, man. Yeah. Yep, there's, That's there's wild. Some, someone is stealing golf carts on the backside. Of oh, you got a flatbed around here? It's like, yeah, I saw a guy over there with a flatbed full of. Yeah. Golf. Hey, buddy. Uh, we got Didn't a golf stop cart. him, though. <laughs> you want to buy a golf cart? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What are you going to do with that? It's not like in Florida where you know, there you can use a you can use a golf cart down here because you could actually ride you could ride on the street with it for like it's street legal. I don't have any answers for any of those things, but um... <laughs> but you know there there's an APB out for whomever is stealing the carts. Yeah, if if you're a, a... If you're a a cart stealing listener, watch out! They're they're looking. They're, they're, they're on to you. They're, they're on looking. Now remember, last year Barry and I, we weren't. They were looking for us too. Permanently, we were just kind of joyriding on them, but we always returned them and and even plugged it in. We did that. We did. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it was only like what it was. It was like a rental for like it was like ten rent. minutes. Yeah. Right. Ten minute rental. Yeah. So 
but we can't divulge our secrets. No, we <laughs> cannot. That we cannot. We are not uh, required to incriminate ourselves. Nah, that, we're not doing that. All right, well, it's been real, and uh, hopefully next week we can be more cheerful. Yes, Delmar's open. Hopefully Saratoga's only one rainy day, and uh, let's get this money. Let's get the money, and maybe the uh, the Chinese swag will finally appear. You know, it's coming. It's definitely on its way, because I, I, have, I have a tracking number, but... It's hard because it's coming from China, so it's like this. The tracking Chinese number is Chinese, right? The Chinese courier takes it to FedEx, but there's a Chinese courier tracking number. But is like a Chinese dude coming from China to deliveries? Thing? I hope so. How much is the delivery charge? I have no idea. Dude, I just I just bought it. Eleven thousand three hundred forty-two dollars. <laughs> Not quite that much, but close. Are they hand delivering these things? Shit, they're gonna make them at your house. <laughs> like to make some fried rice, man. See, now I'm gonna have to get Chinese food. I'm so hungry. It's a curse, man. It's a curse. I I almost ate a whole box of uh, ice cream sandwiches. If that makes you feel good. Yeah, my dad cooked dinner tonight, so actually wasn't bad i have no idea how he even made it but are you doubting his skill his skills in culinary department are limited so he's like me basically sandwiches and cereal he is cleaning up the list and he said he may at some point allow me to release it what yeah Yeah. the black book list Oh man, that's the gold right there. Yeah, yeah especially I don't think gold. You should do that. You should just hold on to it and keep it for yourself and just cash. Yeah, if if you bet Finger Lakes or Hoosier or not Hoosier, what's the player? Hoosier. <laughs> Remember Hoosier Thoroughbreds? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I actually want to race there. You know, the one thing I remember about I that. I is... want a couple races there. I want a stake there. Dean Butler rode the horse. This is always ridiculous long shots that used to come in. Hoosier was too far away. It was a long ways away. Really? Yeah, Hoosier's further than uh, than whatever that horseshoe track is. It's like another hour and a half from Louisville. Damn. Now they have this stupid passing lane, and I bet to bar them for life. So, so it's basically, it's, it's basically close to Ohio then, no? Yeah, I guess kind of. There's no point in having a, a closing, a, a passing lane on a 7 8 mile track. It's just stupid. It remains stupid. Well, nobody, you know, that's actually the only place that uses it. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's all they do. Everybody else really doesn't use it. Like, Anyways, let's do it. Wednesday, everybody, be there. You got it. Talk to you guys later.